0: And welcome to this week's Miami Sports Podcast. Will Manso, Clay Furrow, Duke Lang in a position that we didn't think we'd be in right now. And that's talking about the 3-0 Miami Dolphins. Guys, they're the talk of the town right now. And soon enough, one of the big talks, I think, at the NFL. I think anytime you have a team that was expected to be one of the worst in football uh, by so many on the outside and or to be mediocre gets off to a 3-0 start it's not just the 3-0 start but the way they've done it the excitement clay you were at the game on sunday you were in the locker room as well a very excited just happy and every adjective of the positivity you could find locker room what do you think is going on with this team are, are we witnessing something special some magic here
1: magic i've got your tagline for the 2018 miami dolphins magic. right you ready okay. you ready fun and fast fun and fast well let me tell you something.
0: Fast, we knew they might be. Fun, we didn't. We do We do, now. We do now. I mean, that the was green. great. That
1: was great. I, I love the trick plays. I love all of that. Look, when Adam Gase constructed this team in the offseason, along with Chris Greer and Mike Tinnenbaum, we heard a lot about culture in the Mm offseason and what I think you're finding in the locker room I don't know if it's because and Sue and Jarvis Landry are gone and Jay Ajayi is gone middle of last year I don't know if that's the reason why this team is feeling like it is right now but it is that's all I know you walk in that locker room it feels different right now and yes winning does a lot of that but you know, it's kind of a chicken or an egg thing, right? Is this team happy because it's winning, or are they winning because there is a stronger, better culture in the locker room? And I'm sure it all adds into it. I know this plays no
0: part of the result on the field, but I think Dolph that are listening now, and I think you may agree with you, me, and I'm going to ask Dookie this as I send it to you, is when it was 17-7 in the fourth quarter, more often than not, probably every time actually in the last decade plus with this Dolphins team I'm thinking the game's over they're going to lose and when it was then 21-17 if that makes any sense and the Dolphins actually had scored two touchdowns and taken the lead and the Raiders were driving I said to myself normally they're going to lose this game the Raiders are going to win but this game for some reason and this team I didn't think that When it was 17 7, I thought, I think the Dolphins could win this game. And when it was 21 17, I said, somehow, even at the rate of score here, I still think the Dolphins are going to win. So maybe it's just me drinking the Kool Aid and buying into it. Or maybe, like Clay just referenced in the locker room itself, we're starting to see there is something a little different about this team, Dookie.
2: Yes, there is something a little different about this team thus far. Part of it, again, you got to look at their opponent. Oakland has been terrible they were awful all year all year in the fourth quarter they don't score in the fourth quarter they give up a bunch of points um i think what you're referring to is the sort of idea of that's so dolphins where it's the type of game where you're like ah oh, of course they're gonna lose that's so dolphins that's what it's been for the last you know 10 15 years but this team definitely could have quit they definitely could have could have taken the l especially mm-hmm. That long drive in the third quarter, where basically Oakland ate about eighty percent of the third quarter on one drive, then they turned that drive into a touchdown. So it wasn't just like they held the ball. Yeah, 13, was time seven, yeah. It was time It was a thousand degrees out there. The Dolphins' defense was just getting worn on and, and worn injured.
0: On, a lot of injuries and all banged around, up, yeah. and
2: there had offensive linemen coming in to play defensive line. A player got ejected on a them, the defensive line. player got ejected for whipping off his home. All kinds of craziness happened, but. What was very interesting was, you know, time of possession is one of the most overstated ideas in football. You have the ball for 10 minutes and kick a field goal. I have it for 30 seconds to score a touchdown. I'm leading. But, it's, but to be the explosive team, to be the quick strike team, that's what the Dolphins were. The Dolphins didn't need the ball very long to make dynamic plays. And on a day where they couldn't run it, and on a day where their defense got banged up— they managed to get incredibly creative with two very fast and more skilled than we might have known players in Jakeem Grant
0: and Albert Wilson, and those two guys won the Miami Dolphins a football game. Let me, let me tell you something that I thought was the most incredible stat, and you just mentioned time of possession. This is a stat that when I read after the game, I, I honestly couldn't believe. Uh, the Dolphins and Raiders both had 11 drives, Okay. The Raiders ran 74 plays in those 11 drives, so that's about, what, seven plays a drive on average. Obviously, some you have a couple three-and-outs, you have a couple that's 10 That's that Miami drives. education right there. Yeah, exactly. See how I figured that out? Those 74 plays for 434 yards, okay? 434 yards, that's about almost six yards a play. Dolphins, in those 11 drives, ran 39 plays. Wow. They had 39 plays for 373 yards just about 10 yards of play so the Dolphins in their possessions average less than four plays a drive which most drives if you say you average less than four plays a drive is not a good drive it will normally end in a punt and a three and out and and a turnover whatever it may be Dolphins scored 28 points Dolphins won this game This is why I say, Clay, there is something different. As I send it to you, I want to just remind everyone, our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you, there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium. Pembroke Pines when you hear something like that Clay I think it goes to your point as someone who you've referenced a lot of what Adam Gase's plan and his identity for this team is supposed to be. Dolphins weren't great from a miscue perspective they didn't turn the ball over but they, they had nine penalties in the game even more than the Raiders who were probably the most undisciplined team in the NFL. But it, the penalties didn't seem to come in those moments. An old Dolphins game, one of those big plays to Hakeem Grant or something, there would have been a hold or or a illegal formation or this some weird silly thing that you're like, oh gosh, the play comes back. I think this team is taking on the identity that Adam Gase wanted, and that's kind of a quick strike. Maybe a little dink and dunk, but the dink and dunk can turn into a big play.
1: And this was the difference between having Jarvis Landry and having Albert Wilson and Hakeem Grant. And and again. No knock on Jarvis Landry, and of course when you say no knock knock on on Jarvis Landry, he doesn't do with the ball what Albert Wilson did with the ball on that touchdown shovel pass today. He doesn't do it. He doesn't take it all the way on that. He does not have the explosiveness that Albert Wilson has. I don't know if he's a good enough passer to, to throw the touchdown pass to Jakeem Look Grant. Looked pretty like good Albert on that
2: two-point uh, two conversion to Baker Mayfield.
1: That's time. right. That's right. I, I that love what nice. uh,
0: I love what Brian uh, Tannehill said afterwards, and he said that we practice obviously, this week that play, and every time Albert Wilson, not only did, he, did it get completed, he threw it in stride and a strike. He never once threw a bad pass, and he certainly didn't in the game. Can
1: Jakeem I, Grant said the same thing.
0: Can I just jump
2: in on that? It's very interesting. You know, we always talk about – our access, right, to what we're allowed to shoot and when we're allowed to shoot and which portions of practice we're allowed to shoot. And what we see, generally, people may not know, but the media are allowed to basically watch, what, the first 15 minutes of practice? which stretching, is Stretching. Which is hitting, a lot of stretching, yeah.
0: Hitting big pads, you know, things like
2: that. So... Gotta admit, I had no idea that this was in the hopper. I don't think we've seen anything like this. I don't think we've heard anything like this. And when people wonder, like, why are coaches so secretive? Why do they not want to let things out? There were little hints, I would say, Clay, that were given this offseason by Adam Gase. Sort of, you know, we're going to try to use these guys. They have a variety of skills. But if you would have shown me just the fourth quarter and some of the play calls that happened in this fourth quarter by Adam Gase, I mean... I think this is the best play calling he's done since he's been here. I mean, just just in these first couple weeks.
0: And here's the thing, too. Look, it's too early to proclaim the Dolphins as being a playoff team. It's too early to proclaim as saying that this is this, this is a different Dolphins. I get it. Even with a 3-0 start, you can't sit there and say, oh, this is a team that's going to win 10, 11 games. They very well could end up being the Dolphins team we thought they'd be in finish eight and finish eight, 8-8, you know. And everybody's like, oh, here we go again. I get it. But here's one thing I feel pretty comfortable saying. And I said in the preseason, one of the reasons I thought the Dolphins were going to be a 7-8 at best 9-win team was because I didn't think they had playmakers. I was wrong. Uh, Albert Wilson is... Getting to that point where, man, you could almost call him a playmaker, a guy mm-hmm. who could take it at any time down the field. But I, King Grant is already at that point. Yes. And who would think that – that how tall is
1: Shaquem Grant listed, 5'6", five, 5'7"? Five, y- yeah, and I, he has, he, that's about what he is. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> he, he is. Stand he's next the standard <laughs> listed,
0: and he really is that tall. Yeah, and, yeah. and he is one of the more dynamic playmakers in the league right now because he's one of the few guys that when he gets the ball in
1: space – you know, you hold your breath like he's he's, he's going to go like he, and, and he at every time he touches the ball and he and Albert Wilson have a deal they they bet each other they have a, a side wager and this is this is a combination of what this locker room is like right now the fact they like each other but also it kind of shows you the the competitive nature and also the speed and the quickness if Ja'Keem Grant scores a touchdown on a big play like that Albert Wilson owes him 100 bucks if Jakeem Grant gets tackled by anybody in the open field, Grant owes him 100 bucks. So they know that they each have the explosiveness to be able to make these types of plays, but they're also pushing each other with these $100 bets. And I, I think that it gives you a little bit of insight, and they're laughing, and they're joking, and they're talking about this thing. But when you can have that good-natured competitiveness between two guys like that, I think that's really cool, and So that's what, kind of what this locker room is doing.
2: So what's a broadcast equivalent? Let's set something up between you and uh, you and Manso, like uh, pronouncer. Maybe like early rounds of tennis matches. Ooh, Ooh that's whoever, good. You know, like a dollar for whoever botches the name. But if
1: you Svetlana stick Lana Kuznetsova, but if you stick that, and we need well, to is, Kuznetsova. I, you'll beat me on them Panthers, that's for sure. You <laughs>
2: Panthers, Panthers, yeah, there's another one. We'll
1: get Ian Margo in here, and he'll beat all of us. Um, but I, again, I think this goes back to the culture thing a little bit, and then secondly. I feel like after each of these wins individually, all three of them, we've sat here at some point and we've said, all right, here's the things that the Dolphins still are not doing or the things they did not do well and why it makes us question them moving forward, at least to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. You can question each win individually, but I don't know about you guys. After three wins, I, I stopped nitpicking. I do think the penalties could be an issue down the line. I do think Ryan Tannehill showed some awareness issues again Today on Sunday in Game 3. I, th- I still think some of these things keep happening. But I'm getting to the point where I don't care. Because you're 3-0 now and now. And it's not like, okay, well, you won one game, but Marcus Mariota went out and you had a 7-hour, a 4-hour delay. Well, you won Game 2, but... Sam Darnold's receivers couldn't catch anything. Well, no, you're three and zero. You've won three games, and I still think there's a higher ceiling that this team can get to. With that said, they got to correct that stuff. They want to get to that ceiling, but I think they're showing even when they're not playing their best football, they can win games.
0: They can, and that's the. And here's the 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 positive, Duke, You mentioned something earlier, and that's the schedule. And, and I think we have to sit there and say, look, yeah have they beaten a truly impressive team you know the mariota wild game where he got hurt and then gabber came in the 7 hour game that was kind of a wash it was hard to judge both teams the jets with a rookie qb who made some plays but he struggled a bit and his receivers dropped a lot of passes they don't look like to be a very good team but still, it was a road win. You don't apologize for those. You don't apologize for a win, but you certainly don't apologize for a road division win. Is that a corollary to your rule? Because exactly. It's like I, little, like, it continues on. That's I my, like
2: your rule already, so but now i got to
0: add to it? Yeah, you got to add to it. You really don't for the road win. And I think Division is, wins, you this, extra. This was an Oakland team that, is, while, while they may be the dumbest team in the league and while they may have left a History. lot of plays on that field uh, – they came in a desperate team at 0 2. Yes. Got off to a start where, honestly, if you were watching the game and not looking at the score, it felt like it was 21 0. But the Dolphins withstood it, held their ground, made some plays, got back in it. And then when the Raiders looked like they were going to take another step and go away with and take the game away with a 10 point lead in the fourth, the Dolphins made those big plays. I guess what I'm trying to say is the three wins have come and they've come in a variety of ways, and we still haven't seen, I think, the best of the Dolphins, and they are dealing with some injuries, and the schedule does get tougher, and yet somehow, someway, they're 3-0. and These next three weeks, we're going to learn a lot, guys, though. They've got Tom Brady and the Patriots, and I don't care what their record is, I don't, I don't care how, how poorly at times they've played to start the season, they're still Tom Brady and the Patriots, and in Foxborough, where the Dolphins never play well. If I'm not mistaken, they haven't won in Foxborough since the Wildcat game. Uh, then you've got... A Cincy team that lost this weekend for the first time, but that, what do they call the jungle over there in Cincinnati, is a tough place to play on the road, a road game. Tannehill struggled there a couple of years ago when they played in Cincy. And then you play a Bears team that all of a sudden, even though it's a home game with Killil Mack, looks to be one of the best defenses in the league. That'll be a real challenge for this offense. I think... It, it stinks to say we'll learn a lot about this team now and kind of like, it's almost like dismissing three wins and that's stupid to do, but I really do think we're going to learn a lot about this team these next three weeks, what those what those three wins were and if they tr- were a true indication of what this team is.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that you need to go into New England to validate these first three wins if you pull out a win there. I, I You go in there and you show what you've shown to this point and you show that you can compete on the road against the best team in the conference, then yeah, I... I don't need to see them go in and get a win, but, Will, to your point, I need to see them go in and show that they can have these explosive plays that the defense can find a way to at least slow Brady down a little bit. We can get to that. But, uh, yeah, I, to your point, I do think we'll find out a little bit more at how for real this team is in the next few weeks.
2: Well, it's funny. You mentioned the Wildcat game. I actually thought about the Wildcat game today during the fourth quarter. Um, different set of circumstances. During the Wildcat game, the Dolphins were in desperation mode. They didn't want to mm-hmm. go 0-3. Um, Sperano, may rest in peace, came up with this plan because this was something that one of his coordinators had.
0: So much fun to watch. But,
2: but it, you were looking at a, at a defense that was like, I, I don't know what hit it, and it was so much fun. And this afternoon, Sunday afternoon, when the Dolphins unleashed this sort of Jakeem Grant and when they unleashed this little shuffle pass that they're doing now – it felt like something we haven't seen around here in a long time. It's not like You go shuffle
1: or shovel? I, I you mean, go either, shuffle. Either one. I go,
2: you? I, yeah, it should be Shuffle board. You, right?
1: you, you do look like a shuffle guy. You, well, you, you look like shuffle. shuffle when you produce. I, I, you shuffle when you well, do the I, I
2: constantly shuffle.
1: You shuffle when you dance. I mean, yes. this is- this No, is I'm actually a
2: shockingly good dancer. You good wanna, do you ever
1: want to tell your story on the on the podcast about dancing with Natalie Portman?
2: Um, I think that- I think the headline kind of tells the story. The details, Uh, you (laughs) can. It's not
0: salacious, but it's funny. No, no, no. It's funny.
2: Lovely young lady. She's married now, kids. Um,
1: you, 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 you sound like you're if a little you, melancholy if about want, that. If you
2: ever want to derail me, you talk about Natalie Portman, and all of a sudden, um,
1: I wish people could see this right now. All hey, of a sudden, I, David's eyes like I'm they're sweating. dancing back and forth. He's like, "What was I talking about? Was I talking about football? Was I talking about Jimmy Butler? I, I was don't talk, remember. I, was I just heard Natalie Let's Portman
2: talk about the wild card. The, the, the wild, the wild card. The wild, wild card. card. <laughs> the yeah, wild you card. You already I'm got the I Dolphins to the playoffs. The Dolphins the wild card. The wildcat game. So I feel like with these with these two new toys that the Dolphins have on offense. Uh, I feel like this could have been their their you know coming out party for how Adam Gase wants to use them. The other thing that I've really enjoyed about that's making these games fun is the pictures these guys are taking in the yeah, end zone mm-hmm, together, yeah. the way they're celebrating the high together. five on the touchdown. The high five on the touchdown. How first of all, how fast do you have to be to catch up to Albert Wilson? In the middle of the field and give him the high five. Jachim is the guy
0: on the team, man. Yeah, so
2: the idea that they both did that and then to actually execute the did we just become best friends high five in the middle of a game, it's just amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. While, while you're running away, while you're from running from away, right? More of the, the best athletes right, in the world, right?
2: To me, they're like like Devin Hester during the Super Bowl managed to look at himself on the big board. Like you should be looking at the end zone and worrying about getting caught. That's not looking for your teammate bucks. and
0: playing and paying yeah, they, they patty. They figured out. I you know there are. Uh, areas of concern, and before we look ahead to New England, there are areas of concern, obviously, that you look at. And look, the secondary really struggled without Rashad Jones. You would hope that, that Jones is coming back for this game against New England. I wouldn't say it was a surprise he missed the game, but he did return to practice later in the week, and you got the sense that maybe he could play even though it was a game-time decision. Uh, and then they decided he, he couldn't, and that was disappointing, and they got up to a slow start. There were a lot of plays there for Oakland to make, and again, they're kind of a boneheaded team. You would expect a team like New England isn't going to be so dumb and be able to make those plays. So yeah, there are some things. The Dolphins did not run the ball well. I'm not sure that there's any concern for Kenyon Drake, but I I do know this. Uh, We haven't seen the explosive Kenyon Drake just yet. Uh, He didn't get that many looks in this game because again, the Dolphins only ran 39 plays, so it's hard to really establish any kind of rhythm. Uh, I, I thought he was getting hit a lot behind the line of scrimmage, but if you're going to get, if you're going to really nitpick, on days of those big plays don't work, if you live and die by the big play, it's a, it's almost like the Canes with the turnover chain. If the only way you're going to win is creating turnovers, and if the only way the Dolphins are going to win is making big plays, that's going to be a problem as the season goes on. They have to kind of fix this run game and get it going. I'm just taking this as an aberration. It's just, it was just a tough game, and the Raiders played tough, and they and they got them in the backfield a lot. But I do think if you again, if you're going to nitpick. Some of the plays in the middle of the field defensively, and then the ability to run the ball are a couple things that the Dolphins need to improve in these upcoming weeks. But it's nicer to have to improve those things when you are three and zero. It's true.
1: Man, as they always say, as they always say, it's a, it's a lot a uh, lot happier times when you're fixing errors after a win, and it's it's about the best of both worlds.
0: You said fun, by the way, Dookie, and and that's the biggest takeaway I have from this game, and from this season, and from this team we get paid to watch the dolphins now we you know clay's been here a few years now covering this team but as a fan i'm sure he's watched plenty of dolphins games in the past you and i have lived in this community for a long time on top of covering the team so we're kind of have to watch the game so to speak to get paid but we we know what the dolphins have been over the last decade or so and even when they've had some success Let's face it, it has been a boring team to watch. Just stylistically. A couple years ago, they were boring. I mean, it was J.H.I., he had the hope that he ran for 200 yards and then they maybe forced to turn over and then maybe the opposing team missed a field goal and you (laughs) won a game late and they won all these close games. This team, just from a football fan and not as a journalist, not as a guy who wants to see them win or who covers them, this team's fun to watch. Like, if you're just a fan watching a football game, the are fun to watch.
2: Well, the first three quarters today were a little little plowing just in terms of... The Raiders. But I think the anticipation to, of that right. big play the idea, is something that we yes, didn't have before. 100 percent The idea that listen, even even when Jarvis Landry was the Dolphins' best offensive weapon, the biggest thing you could expect was them to, you know, pick up some a sequence of first downs and to matriculate down the field, and there's just not a lot of dynamic playmakers for, And and I think one of you know some of the older fans of the Dolphins probably like as much as we have found the last ten to fifteen years of this drudgery to be boring. I think if you look at an older fan who was there for like the Marino days and Duper and Clayton and and that type of explosive mm-hmm. offense, that's what being a Dolphins fan was about. Now it was a different story in the '70s when you were talking about a team that was primarily a run team and the no-name defense, and that was you know th- that that old-school Shula style was a slower style, but. The thing about Shula's teams is they never made any mistakes. So yeah, they were slow and you know a lot of running, but it was smart. You can't do that and have the stupid mistakes. You could play a Marino style where you're a little wild and because you can make up for mistakes. And I felt like on Sunday, that's what the Dolphins did. They made up for some of their mistakes. They made up for their defensive injuries. They made up for some ineffectiveness on offense Probably because the officials,
0: they made up for some bad they made up for some bad calls really bad the, the pass interference 100 and yeah.
2: and a you know getting tossed from a game and immaturity that was but, stupid but big plays will make up for a lot
0: they will remember our sponsor today vera motors when you spend your hard-earned money on a car go to a place with a reputation i promise you there is no business in the state of florida with a better reputation than vera motors vera cadillac kind of be like with gmc Pembroke pines the vera family has been serving south florida for 60 years for the best deal at South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north in the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, so the Dolphins are on their way to New England next Sunday. That'll be a fun game in Foxborough undefeated. The Dolphins, one of the few teams in the league still without a loss. So all is good there. We'll see what develops in the next few weeks, starting with that New England game. We're also going to see this week, and I say this week and because this is a such a fluid story and so much will change, but we have to address the Miami Heat returning to practice on Tuesday. They had their media day scheduled on Monday. And guys, everything that we're going to talk about right now could change literally in an instant because while normally we'd be talking about hey, Dwayne Wade's coming back, the excitement of the season, what can we expect from the young guys, what can we expect from from guys in this team in the rotation, how does Spole work with, you know, they'd log jam of 7,000 shooting guards. The the one thing that we're looking at with this team is the rumors about Jimmy Butler. We we've, we've Talked about this and we did at nauseum last week. And dookie said it's this not true. It's not going to happen. They're not going to get involved. And he was wrong. But the, <laughs> well, wait. The, a,
2: unless unless something uh, happens, we could cue
0: the tape. Uh, but no. The point being,
2: <laughs> I might the, not be able to. But the,
1: the, the point being, uh, you can't even get the music to work this week. The point being <laughs> that this seems. This like, is when we're at we're best. When we're insulting dookie this is when we're at this our is, best. Listen, we're undefeated yeah. there.
0: The point being. Clay, I think that... And you, again, guys, people you guys may, can
2: high-five like Jakeem Grant <laughs> and Albert we, Wilson we, as we you guys, guys beat we, on me?
0: That. So <laughs> when when people hear this, this deal may have happened already, meaning that he may be traded to the Heat or somewhere else by now because yeah. it sure looks like he's going somewhere. Yeah. Would you give up just about anything to get Jimmy Butler on the Heat? I, I want it on the record.
1: Yeah, I, I I would, and for a number of reasons. I, I think this league is becoming more and more about stars wanting to play with stars, and this this started with the Big Three coming together. And I guess technically you could say it started with the Celtics a little bit, but, but the Big Three were the first where you had stars in their prime, all of them in their prime wanting to come together. And the Heat, I, I hate to say it, right now they do not have a star. They do not have another player that people are looking at this team and saying, I want to come play with that player moving forward. And I'm talking about for 2019 when you're going to have free age guys hitting free agency that are star level players and Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. is going to be gone. So the one star that you do have is going to be retired and going off into into the sunset. So you need to have somebody that's going to attract other players. The Heat do not have that right now. So to me, I think you do that. And I was reading a report from a Minnesota TV station and He was saying the concern on the Heat's end Mm -hmm. is they don't know if Jimmy Butler is worth the Supermax contract. They don't want to part with Josh Richardson. Here's the thing, Clay. Then why do it? And that's where I think in the NBA now, you are are overpaying more for guys, middle-of-the-run guys, than you are for max players. Even if you don't think he's worth the super max, he is still more valuable than a lot of the guys that you have right now that you're paying fifteen to twenty million dollars for. So, I'm sorry, you got to bring in that star, and I don't care who it, whoever on this roster it takes, find a way to get Jimmy Butler here. Here's why I don't believe that story,
0: and and. And there are so many stories that come out that can't all be true because you hear on varying degrees of interest and who's in the package and who's not in the package and who they won't move and who will move. It's part of the whole speculation process that drives us all nuts and drives fans nuts. The Heat love Jimmy Butler. I think, you know why? Because they value offense and defense. That's what they teach. And when you look around the NBA, how many two way type players are there that you could say are definitely better than Jimmy Butler? Obviously, LeBron. Obviously, Kawhi.
1: And that's it. And
0: that list may stop there as far as two way players. Now, are there players that are better scorers? Yes. Are there players that are better defenders? Yes. But are there players that are the combination scorer defender guys that can just do it all and pass and rebound? Jimmy Butler's the kind of guy that'll come on a team and give you 23, 5, and 5 and play great defense. There are very few guys like that in the league. So to say that the Heat don't know if he's worth the supermax, number one is if he wasn't, they wouldn't go after him because you know he's going to get it regardless next year. So why would you trade for a guy you don't think is worth it when you know he's going to get it somewhere? And if it's not with you, then why are you getting him?
1: And and I was all in on Gordon Hayward, and the Heat were clearly all in on Gordon Hayward. Jimmy Butler is Gordon Hayward offensively, and he's another level defensively. And that's the type of player. And... This whole thing about, oh, well, you know, if he signs a max contract four or five years, he just turned 29. So it's not like, look at where some of these guys – he is right now younger than Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and LeBron James.
0: Would you sign any of those guys to a five-year contract? I
1: think so. Uh, I think I I'd mean, sign all of those guys I mean, to a five-year I mean, contract.
0: Even LeBron, I, he could stay till he's 40. Yes. Because he's, gonna, he's still – Because he, even at 40, he's probably going to be a max-level player. It, it's true. and that And that's why you can't get caught up in that stuff – Anyone that tells you Jimmy Butler is a superstar doesn't watch basketball. Jimmy Butler may not be the endorsement-type guy like those other guys you just mentioned. It's not that he doesn't have a personality. Jimmy does have a personality, but he's been kind of lost in the shadow, playing on on okay Bulls teams. And then he goes to Minnesota, which obviously is a team that hasn't done much. They make the playoffs, but they're not really much of an exciting team as far as from an advertising standpoint and, and, and promotion standpoint. But Jimmy Butler, around the NBA, is as respected as they come. Duke, I ask you on the record, as we know that this this will change because Jimmy Butler will likely be traded this week somewhere. Yes. Uh, would Would you give up just about anything with on the Heat, or would you give up anything on the Heat to get Jimmy Butler?
2: Yeah, I would. Um, we said this going back because we've been talking about the Heat doing something about this logjam since Riley kind of coined the phrase logjam, mm-hmm. and we said that they would need a dysfunctional situation in order to free up a player who would be an asset for them. Okay. So when we initially started talking about this, we were looking at maybe Toronto, I uh, you know Lowry or DeRozan. We're, we're kind of looking around the league. Maybe Sacramento would have a problem. Who are the teams who have really good assets who are super dysfunctional? And it turns out, fast forward to September, yeah. <laughs> the answer is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And
0: they do have assets. I mean, That's a I fun mean, team to the watch. Idea. Toronto,
1: Toronto Raptors, fire the coach of the year. Most dysfunctional team in the league, Minnesota, hold my beer.
0: Yeah, and no, it's totally (laughs)
2: totally been the hold my beer. And it's, it's, I mean, just the the idea that the owner for Minnesota, not the GM, not just the, (laughs) the owner is saying, I want a trade done. That's why by the time this post, a trade may have happened. Yeah, When the owner, when your boss says do something... You do it, and so they're going to get a deal done. My problem about believing any of these reports that he don't want to pay him this, that he don't want to give up that—everybody, everybody has an incentive to lie right now. Well, they're now. negotiating. So, it's the, a negotiation. So, there, so there could yeah. be. So the truth is, there could be a negotiation going on as we tape this Sunday at 10:30 at night with a team that none of us know about. None of us have heard about. There was an initial list that was the Nets, the Knicks, and the Clippers because they all have a bunch of money, and maybe they could get Kyrie. Then there's a report that Kyrie and Jimmy Butler aren't really talking, and Kyrie's committed to Boston. There's just so much noise out there. The reality is, yes, if you look at the Miami Heat's roster right now, and this is very simple. This is how I define basketball trades. Very simple. The team that gets the best player
0: wins the trade, especially and, in the NBA where and, you need and, superstars. In the NBA, there yeah. is and, no Herschel Walker stacking, trade. And stacking no. decent, right. no. solid players won't win you right. championships. And so,
2: in, in, with, in the Miami Heat, there is no combination of players on the Miami Heat who you would have to give up, who where you get Jimmy Butler back, where the Heat would not get the best player in that trade. And Therefore, t- of course, I would do it. I just don't know if Pat Riley has backed himself into a corner in terms of the way this team is stacked, because again, you got to give up resources, which is fine, but, but they have to want to take your stuff sure. to make it work. And so that is where my concern is. Can the Heat's combination of stuff that's good and stuff that they're trying to get rid of beat every other team who wants Jimmy Butler, who will also be offering stuff that is good, which could but- be better, and stuff which they're trying to get rid of, which may be less – constrictive, but we don't, we don't know, know what's going but
0: on. I will say this. We do know what is going on in this sense. T wolves want to do this quickly. Yes. And L- Duke, already mentioned it. This by the time anybody's listened to this, this may be moot. Cause it's already happened and we know where he is and he could be here somewhere else. But when you want to construct a trade that quickly, you're sacrificing a bit in r- the return. Yes. It's very hard to expect in a quick deal to get a monster, just come back with, with players or picks, whatever it may be. The heat, quite frankly, because of, I don't want to say desperation, but because of their inclination and want for a superstar so badly, could not up being the best team to offer the best
1: package. 100%. Two things on Glenn Taylor, the Timberwolves owner. Number one, I think he's he feels like he's already won the PR battle here because they signed Carl anthony Towns to the max extent. So I think he has put Carl anthony Towns out there and said – This is the face of our franchise going forward. He is not going anywhere. We win in Minnesota. So now I get to move on and fix the dysfunction in this team. So I'm going to do that as quickly as possible and then roll out Carl Anthony Towns on media day and show everybody he is the face. Forget about what just happened with Butler. Number two, from a Heat perspective, how I will judge this trade, I feel like the Heat have four really valuable assets. Bam Adebayo's contract. Josh Richardson's contract, mm-hmm. the 2019 first-round pick, and the 2022 first-round pick. 2022, between that's supposedly the year that you're going to have the the one-and-dones flushed away to where even back end of the first-round pick, it's like having a lottery pick if you pick in the 20s. So in my opinion, Justice Winslow is really, really good. problem is he's only got one year left on his contract, yeah. so you can maybe throw him in there. As far as I'm concerned, if you find a way to do this deal – And keep two of your big four assets moving forward, either two of the four between Richardson, Adebayo, the 2019 and 2020, you win. You win. Because then that's next true. summer you can use those other assets. If you can pry one of those big free agent guys, you can use those other assets to trade off bad contracts and bring in another max player. Be a free agency. Yeah, bo- so you would
0: Yeah. Bottom line is, if they get Jimmy Butler, they don't have to worry about a max slot because they'll have bird rights and they could keep him. But they'll have time to eventually the create a max spot, or they'll have that max spot for 2020, and then that that's where you could pair a Butler with someone else. By then, maybe you've drafted a player you like depending on where you are in the draft, or you've made another move, which again, all this stuff is fluid. It's, it, the Heat aren't going to try to get Jimmy Butler and just say, okay, we got Jimmy Butler, that's it. Let's, let's play the next four or five years with Jimmy Butler being our guy. There, there's more to it. This is step one, I think the process we all agree Pat Riley needs to do. Whether it's Jimmy Butler or the next superstar that comes available, you, we you know, we know he whiffed on, on Kevin Durant. He took a big swing and a miss. It happens. That was never like, going to happen. The Gordon Hayward came so close to doing it, but it didn't happen. He's got to keep swinging. Eventually, he's going to hit, and when he does, the Heat are going to have the superstar that they need to bridge the gap from Dwayne to the next contending team and that could very well be Jimmy Butler and again you may be listening going guys it is Jimmy Butler we got him already or no he's he's in New Jersey New York it's over you know I get it whatever whatever the case may be uh, that's something to watch this week by the way if the heat if you're listening and the heat did trade for Jimmy Butler Go to the next podcast. It's hit four <laughs> because we just taped another podcast in right. with the Heat getting Jimmy Butler <laughs> At 1230 button. at night. It was, it, whenever it happened, five minutes after. So that is uh, going to do it for Miami Sports Podcast. Uh, the Dolphins 3-0. So, and Clay, you want to play us out? The Heat and Hot Pursuit. Let's end it the way we have. Until they lose, we got to end it out this way.
1: So wait, are we assuming that Butler is traded? The- hey, hey, yeah. Hey. No, no, no. Que up, lo but. pare fiesta. Don't stop the party.
2: Oh, wow. That, that, Was that what you meant? No, I, I meant my. No. No. Natalie Pullman oh. won't be dancing with you, I'll tell you that much. My
1: goodness. Miami Dolphins. Better. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. Mm-hmm.